Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alright, and welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I'm joined by Caroline. Caroline, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And we've got Paul from the blog tonight. Paul, how's it going? Doing good. Excellent. And tonight is our 2018 football preview spectacular. Nice. Good job. Uh, We're going to uh, go through the whole football schedule, make some predictions, uh, talk about what concerns us with each uh, opponent, and, uh, you know, certainly talk about how optimistic we are for some of the games and reasons why. It's been a little bit since we've talked football on the cast and so certainly there have been some uh, developments in uh, depth chart being released and uh, some freshmen uh, true and red shirts uh, being on the two deep and uh, certainly some optimistic reports about Perkins at quarterback and such so why don't we uh, before we jump into the Richmond preview why don't we go over if each of you guys have a couple bits uh, of things you're excited about that maybe recently have come out from uh, the football reports Uh, Paul do you want to kick things off yeah uh, I like seeing Jordan Redmond uh, being at the, the starting nose tackle position. Um, you know, this is, we had talked about him on, on the, the first podcast for the season that as somebody that could be kind of an under the radar mm-hmm. contributor uh, in large part pun intended there, because he <laughs> is a 320 pound nose tackle. Uh, he's you know, the biggest, the biggest of the defensive linemen, um, at least until we know exactly how big Dylan Thompson is. Uh, but this is, you know, he's got, he's got a stout frame, that the fact that he's, he has played so much during training camp while there have been other injuries and things going on, um, you know, yeah, he's a true freshman. Sure, he was playing high school ball 12 months ago. But, um, this, you know, if, if the coaches see a guy that's ready, ready to contribute, he has uh, a physical frame and physical skills that are a really good fit for what the defense needs to do. So do you think him being listed as the starter is more indicative of his skill and physical ability and not, uh, say, the dearth of players <laughs> on the deep line? Sure. A good thing than, than a bad thing. I think, well, it's, it's, it's the – I'll put on my, my rosy glasses here and say it's the best of a bad situation. That All right. Obviously, ideally, you've got two other 325-pound guys that have two years of experience in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, that that are are teaching him the ropes and and bringing him along, uh, but g- given um, the co- what the coaches have said about they they won't play young players unless they're ready, mm-hmm. um, I think that seems to be an indication of how confident they feel about Redmond. Um, he was somebody that was very 
uh, sort of a high profile in terms of how he was, how much he was recruiting other recruits uh, after he committed. So um, I think he's somebody that could, could very easily develop into a real leader of that defense at a really important position over the next couple of years. Nice. All right, Caroline, what are you uh, feeling good about? Um, I feel good about Lester Coleman. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going punting. Okay. No, I just think it is something. I'm just going to point this out before I get to my real one. But um, Lester was actually just named a final or a watch list person for the uh, Campbell Award, which is the one that Micah Kaiser won last year. So that's kind of cool to potentially have back to back academic Heisman. Um, but he's huge now. Um, six, six five, five two forty five. <laughs> Lester Coleman pain train. It's coming. Right. Hence Paul's <laughs> earlier prediction. Yeah. So I just love that. And I just think that he was already one of the better punters in the country um i know people like alabama always win it and i'm like okay sure but how much do you even have to punt um so he's not he's i mean he he's kind of ceiling limited in in national awards because he's not australian exactly i think the big awards have been like 80 percent aussies for the last five years (laughs) so he's going to be held back by his um nationality but you know that should be should be good to watch. I think he'll be um, – I just think he's really a cool player. But I think the easiest one is just to say Bryce Perkins because it is such an unknown but a huge sure. piece of, like – I mean, the offense is going to hinge on whether or not he can perform like everyone's kind of hoping he can. Mm-hmm. Um, the questions remain as to whether his arm will be as strong as – or near as strong as Kurt's, which I don't think his arm will be as strong. But he's extremely more mobile than Kurt Benkert was. Um, and I, I actually – as much as I'll miss Andre Lavroni and um, Don I. Dowling, I am very excited about Joe Reed and Hussis Dubois on the sure. on the outsides. I think that they're both very exciting. I thought they were very exciting, like younger players to watch last year. Um, so I'm really that combo of how much can he run and what can he do with those wide receivers um, is probably the thing I'm most excited about. I'd like yeah. to just – you mentioning Hasis Dubois, I would like to throw out the fact of this is a very plausible four-wide receiver set at points this year. Hasis <laughs> Dubois, Alameda Zacchaeus, Wubi Theork Yeoman, and Ugo Abasi. It is uh, – the wide receiver core that came in with this class has my favorite group of names in a yeah. very, very long time for Virginia football recruiting. But the fact that those guys could all legitimately be on the field at the same time is one of my favorite things, and I'm sure it is an announcer's nightmare. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, I think Hasis Dubois is still my favorite name on the team. Well, I'll uh, throw in some optimism for the secondary. I think even though you lose an All-American uh, like Quinn Blanding, the, the talent as a group is is really, really strong, uh, considering you know where the roster was a couple of years ago um, beyond Quinn. Um, and I, I, Tim Harris is such an easy guy to root for. We don't even know, um, you know to what degree he's going uh, to, to see time starting, but he's uh he's he's like maybe the sixth best guy at this point and and he's good or has the potential to come back from injury and be really good um so you know when Bretton Nelson wins that award last year for best newcomer and he might not even start because of Joey Blount at safety uh you have I think got some reasons for uh going to 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 feel good if the pass rush can create pressure uh, and not leave our dvs uh you know out there uh, to be picked on uh, i'm excited about that that's my favorite unit but uh why don't we jump into the schedule and talk about richmond 
as everybody knows, Richmond won the last time they were in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different team in Broncos' first year. That is undeniable. Hopefully, it's a better team this year. <laughs> and uh, and I think we saw the growth in his second season making a bowl game that this team should not be in a place where it loses uh, to FCS competition. And this probably isn't as strong a Richmond team uh, this year as that one two seasons ago. So uh, maybe we see the legitimate separation between uh, FBS roster and FCS roster, uh, but you can never count them out, <laughs> especially uh, with the recent history in Scott Stadium. What are you guys thinking about for, for Labor Day weekend? Uh, are you, their nerves, uh, casual optimism, uh, unbridled enthusiasm? Where, where are you feeling, Darns? Uh, I think that they're going to start off the season one to know. Um, they should the, – the conversation around this game two years ago afterwards, and I think watching it, I was there. It was horrible. It was obviously we said Broncos' first game. Like, it was a whole thing. And as things started to fall apart – early I think they fell behind like 14 nothing something like that um Virginia like you could see the players like physically deflate like the the mental headspace wasn't there because they kind of seemed to go back into this like oh here we go again type thing like we thought it was going to be different but here we are like losing to Richmond this is a disaster and then it just got worse from there um I'm hoping I think based on the stuff we saw the last year and a half I'd say that that's like that's the stuff that I really like what Broncos done is like talking about you have to teach them how to win first like they have to learn how to win and they didn't know how to do that and make fun of it if you will like it's sad if you want to look at it that way but like they literally didn't win any games Mm. now they've won a few games um I think they'll be anxious or excited or driven to maybe exact revenge but not to the point where it's distracting talent wise that was a good Richmond team um they're definitely better like they should never lose to an fcs team like that's still the statement um but that richmond team went 10 and 4 and they had a good quarterback and la letta um and i think it's just kind of like it was a perfect storm of just bleh. and so i think that's not going to happen this year i think that they have a chance to come out strong perkins should be able to let the game come to him um and it'll be a good test for both lines. I think is the biggest thing that I'll be looking at to see kind of like what they do. Um, but it should be, I think a two touchdown win. All right, Paul. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the, the combination of the um, sort of remembering how to win, learning how to win, learning how not to lose, whatever, however you want to sort of classify it of that mental development of the team um, obviously the, the coach, you know, the coaches were not at all hesitant to say how shocked they were by how things played out in that Richmond game. Uh, you know, I think Bronco called it a, a recalibration mm-hmm. after that of, of where they stood. Um, and the, the, the development of, um, just that, whether it's, whether you want to call it confidence, whether it's comfort with the coaches, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't really put a finger on exactly what element of, of the program has, has built the most in that area. Um, but I think that by itself is the, the single biggest change between the 2016 game and this year is that this is a team full of guys who have, who have now been through 
the positive and with as much youth as there is on the roster, the flip side of that inexperience is they haven't been through the downs that the team had that, that was on the field in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. But I, so I, that is, that is the thing that makes me feel good about the game. I, I, I agree that it absolutely should be a one and no start uh, and anything else is the sign of a really, really troubling year to come. Oh, well, that's, that's for damn sure. I would say, I mean, you know, yeah. we, we would all be re recalibrating a lot of things, not just season expectations, but you know, expectations for a coaching staff were they to come out year three and lose yet again to FCS opponent. I mean, it, it would be uh, quite, quite bad for, for Bronco in the public eye or uh, for UVA fans. I will th- you know, say, like I, I said when we first started talking about them, the difference in the roster should be more noticeable this time. And like you mentioned, Caroline, that should come to play, uh, particularly in the trenches on the O-line and the D-line. Our D-line is still thin, um, but should, should be able to do enough to let the experienced guys and the talented guys uh, behind them uh, sort of dictate when Richmond has the ball. Plus, Bryce Perkins, like we were saying, I mean, that's an athlete few teams possess, um, not just at quarterback, but anywhere on the field, right? So you, you think that hopefully that superior talent uh, lets the Hoos coast. We were saying similar things a couple of years ago. I'm still, we're all predicting W's, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's go from there to Indiana. The first road test for the Hoos is on the road against Indiana, a, a pretty strong defensive team uh, with a flood of offensive issues, um, but maybe good quarterback play. These are the things that I've learned about the Hoosiers in, in my research. Uh, road games, Never easy. Row games for UVA, rarely easy, but sometimes uh, they make a trip to Boise. (laughs) Things look easy. Um, This this is a tough call. I mean, I think this is probably one of the bigger toss-ups on the schedule, and by that I mean one of the more difficult ones to predict one way or the other. But uh, let's let's continue with Caroline's uh, potential optimism. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, um, this is one that I have thought a lot about, and I think they pick up a close loss um, on the road. Close loss. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. The Indiana defense. Really, when I think about it, and I'm trying not to talk myself out of this as I'm literally as I'm speaking because I've thought about like mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at their defense is really good but I think our offense is is supposed to be stronger their defense lost a couple inner linebackers that were great on passing downs but will they without those guys be able to force as many passing downs or will teams be able to run things that I like about our team um, the offensive line has a little bit more experience and I like Jordan Ellis and what we can do with guys like Oz. So that's something where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, Marilyn. And on the flip side, their offense isn't that great. Um, their quarterback that they used as the backup last year has now been named the starter this year. Um, so I'm a little concerned about our line and getting to him and get it, causing him enough issues to stress him out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one that will come down to something like 24-21 type thing. Um, but I think that they go one and one here. All right, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm in a lot of the same boat. I think there's a question of whether the team will be more prepared for Peyton Ramsey this time that I think Ramsey coming in 
as the backup quarterback with a totally different style from the statue uh, and, and just the, the passing sort of almost a West coast look uh, with Legault that they started the game with. I think that was part of what threw the team for a loop last year that whether it's run fits or schemes or just, just subtle changes in, okay, we've got to account for a more mobile quarterback now was what led to that getting kind of gashed um, mm-hmm. once Ramsey came in. Now, if the team's prepared for that, focusing on that, you know, Broncos talks, you know, a lot about his like passion for defending option teams. If, if that's the way that they're using Peyton Ramsey, I think there's a little bit more scheme that can go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other positive is that there's a possibility that by that second week of the season, Cassius Pete and Dylan Thompson are both ready to reinforce the defensive line. So I, there are, I think some positives there, um, but it's still a road game. It's not a road game. You know, it's, it's at Indiana, which is kind of like, saying somebody's going to have a tough time no offense to us but coming to scott stadium like it's you know it, it's not a hundred thousand seat jam-packed stadium it's you know not it, yes it's a big 10 opponent but it is not the ohio states the michigan's michigan states um i just i i think indiana's defense is going to be ready for um a an offense from virginia that is still finding its footing uh, and that's going to result in, I, I think, a similar close loss, probably low scoring given the defenses are the strengths of both teams. Um, so some, something in that low 20s, nothing more than a three, four, five point loss, I think would be a, a respectable showing at Indiana. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to book uh, y'all's trend, and, and I think they'll, they'll probably lose if I had to pick. And I do have to pick because that's the point of this podcast. So uh, we'll move on to Ohio. Uh, no slouch of a team. I know people read Ohio instead of Ohio State, and I know it's been discussed at length, but in case you're unfamiliar, this Ohio Bobcat team went 9-4 and four last year. Uh, the S&P rankings project them to go eight and four this year. They are a solid to top Mac team and they uh, should not be overlooked and certainly won't be overlooked uh, by the Wahoos, but it's a game in Scott stadium. You know, we are still a power five team coming up a bowl season. <laughs> We've got players too. Uh, what are you looking for in Ohio, uh, Caroline? Um. I think this is a close win. So all the things that I said about like what with Indiana, I think is the opposite in the sense of like talking myself into it, being a home game, I think is the extra thing that pushes in the win column for me. Like you said, it's not like playing in front of those 36,000 people is going to be the most raucous atmosphere for them to play in front of. But I think there's just something to be said about um, consistency with your getting ready and being at your home stadium I don't you know it's just this is going to be tough like Indiana in the S&P rankings are like 55 and Ohio are like three spots behind them like it's not and that's 20 spots ahead of Virginia so I mean it is what it is they also lose a lot defensively right um especially the front line so maybe that's something like hey we're all in this no defensive line thing together so <laughs> this could be a really high scoring game um i think virginia is going to end up winning it in a close one like single score type thing all right yeah the the, the bobcats ground game scares me um i it's given that it the potential weakness of the virginia defense is the front seven we we know that 
um, the, the, their potential ability to put out multiple thousand yard rushers from last season against a front seven that is inexperienced and thin is worrisome. But at the same time, their front seven is incredibly inexperienced. They only have four returning starters on the entire defense and only one in the front seven. Um, so a defense that was okay, but not great last year um, is all of a sudden replacing a ton of production. Um, so I, I, I think there's enough in the tank for Virginia in this one. Um, I'm going to buck the um, trend of, uh, of of just blindly following the S and P ratings here. I think there is they're going to fail to capture a little bit of um, the the fact that Bryce Perkins is completely changing the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's difficult to capture with sort of off season ratings and 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 systems. So I am going to buck the numbers on this one. UVA is two and one after the Ohio game. All right, you know. I I don't want to keep going with you guys over and over and over, but they they gotta win this, you know. Like, <laughs> don't worry, I think the next one you guys will. Yeah, we're about to hit it. We're about to we're hit, about a to hit here. Where yeah. we're not they, gonna. They they could so they could very well lose this game, and like they could lose any of the three <laughs> so far. But they gotta they gotta go two and one uh, to have any shot at that really going through the ACC and trying to make a bowl. So I'm going to click, click yes. In my uh, and that puts us all at two and one uh, right now in our prediction series. So let's jump to the next game. The first ACC game is a home game. It is against Louisville, our cross, whatever rivals cross conference, <laughs> Maryland replacements uh, who, who seem to always play real tough. Uh, even when, they're very bad and Louisville's very good. And that's not the case this year. Uh, Louisville could be good and UVA could be bad, but I don't think uh, either team is predicted to maybe have the distance between the two that they did last season when Louisville had Lamar Jackson and the Who's uh, weren't predicted to do much of anything and, and played them pretty tough. Um, and certainly uh, the last time Louisville came, to Scott Stadium, uh, we got one of our favorite uh, sad UVA fan redux moments uh, by almost beating them and, of course, losing on a, a very long deep pass in the waning seconds. Uh, but point being, they played Louisville tough. Maybe that has something to do with uh, Broncos schemes, you know, mat- matching up well, much like the basketball team always seems to play uh, <laughs> Louisville's basketball team pretty well. Uh, coaching, you know, maybe maybe it's because they're getting so amped for the new rivals, uh, the Cardinals, where they're the, who <laughs> will, in my mind, will forever be the new rivals. Uh, but anyway, where, how how optimistic are you feeling about this ACC opener, Caroline? They are going to start the ACC with a win. Sneak this one out against Louisville. Um, as you mentioned, they've. Even though last year the final score was like decided by 17 points, it felt closer watching it. Like there was just like that was the Lamar Jackson factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a big. Here's how I look at the, and we'll get to those games, and I'll go through my thought process with each one. But out of the combo of the next three, so Louisville, NC State, and Miami, I think Virginia's winning one of those. Like I think that's just 
just based just on the odds of their yeah. playing three football games. <laughs> a little bit of that, a little bit of like the way that they play, and we can get to like we'll get to Miami a little bit of that. I played Miami last year. They've played well against some of these teams. I think there's some games last year where they actually played better than the final score indicates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is one where they'll come out fired up against Louisville and have an opportunity to pick up a good win early. They're like 33rd in the in the S and P rankings, and and they're going to be good still. Like it's not like a huge. I mean, it's a huge thing to lose a player like Lamar Jackson. Sure. But they're replacing – again, you can't really replace them. But their replacement quarterback, Juwan Pass, um, and their receiving core are nothing to, you know, shake your fist at. But I also think that one of the things that I do feel most confident, whether, you know, that level of confidence where that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still to be determined because we haven't seen them play yet. But going into the season, I feel most confident with the um, secondary, with the guys that are going to be defending these outstanding receivers. So – if we force them into having to pass, not LOL, his name's Jalon Pass, um, <laughs> to do a pass-heavy game, I think that's in the long run going to be beneficial to us. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So that obviously depends on how that defensive line is shaping up. Maybe at this point, four games in, we're looking at getting Mountain Man in there. Um, I will probably never remember his actual name, Dylan Thompson. You got um, it. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing, and I think it'll be a surprising, like, 10-point win at home where they are kind of comfortable. Louisville will make a little bit of a push, but Virginia scores to respond and get a little bit of the comfort mm. and get the win. That's my – All right. Paul? I'm going to go the other way. I'm shocked. Uh, the, I, like, that, the Louisville defense is bad. I mean, they're, they're yeah. bad. They yeah. were really bad in 2017 and they're replacing a bunch up front um that you know sort of a two-edged sword at this point of the year is that does that mean they're replacing a bunch of bad players with players who will do better or are they replacing the best they had with not as good replacements in which case they will be even worse that said i i don't Yes, you'll have obviously have a drop-off after losing one of the most dynamic players in the history of college football, and Lamar Jackson. I thought Jawan play, Pass played well in relief when he played last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that He showed flashes of a similar style of game, obviously not to the similar uh, – to quite the same uh, sort of echelon. Uh, but Bobby Petrino is also, for all of his other faults, one of the best offensive coaches in the country. Um, I think Faults? he's going to have – what faults? Oh yeah, yeah. does he have He's, faults? Yeah, no. Uh, a family man, great motorcycle driver. <laughs> um, oh. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Continue. Uh, so I, yeah, I just I, he'll he'll have whatever the pieces are that he has to work with. They'll be pretty close to the the most he can do with them, and I, and that is has been pretty successful. There's also a. a significant recruiting gap between the two, two teams still so far that over the last uh, five years, Louisville's averaged about a 30, a class somewhere in the mid thirties. Uh, UVA has averaged somewhere in the low fifties, high six or uh, low high fifties, low sixties. Sorry. Uh, so I think there's enough talent still ahead of Virginia on Louisville um, that it'll be enough for them to get the win and drop UVA to its second loss. You know when you're filling out basketball brackets 
and all the prognosticators have the trendy upset picks. Uh, you know, I know the the thing tends to be the Where are we going five. with this? Oh. <laughs> the 12 and 5, maybe maybe the 13 over 4 or whatnot. There's always a 12 and 5. There's always trendy ones that that don't make actual sense. Like they re- they're grasping at straws because they want to pick upsets. And there's always ones that are so clearly obvious that you don't want to pick it because everyone's <laughs> going to be picking that upset. And this is what this game reminds me of in all the preseason stuff about UVA and about Louisville, that this is the, the trend-setting toss-up ACC game for the Cavaliers that could show you know, that they still have got that one surprising win a year, you know, that they tend to have even when they're not, not, you know, doing well across the whole season. I'm not saying they're not going to do well across the whole season. I think this is an obvious win that they're not supposed to win on paper that they are going to win. And that's why everyone is picking them to win uh, across all these, uh, you know, national. Wait, who's picking them outside me? I've seen, you know, I'm not going to, call out folks i've seen plenty though of like this, <laughs> I feel is, attacked. The, this is the game <laughs> that no no and I, I you know i mean not just uva fan or uva beat writers like i yeah. think i think there's plenty of chatter that this is a trap game for louisville but also a potential steal game for uva and i think there's a good reason for that that's my whole point about the, the basketball yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I think it makes sense to pick the who's here in a, a optimistic way of course and will I be shocked if they lose? Of course not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Darns. I'm, I'm, I'm fine myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> my predictions were at three and one. Paul's at two and two. And Caroline is at three and one. So let's move on to NC State road game against a team that would probably have won the Coastal the past few years, uh, but plays in the Atlantic. Uh, NC State is a talented, talented squad with an obviously strong coach. This is on the road. Do the Hoos have a shot? Caroline. Do they have a shot? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? No. Um, I think we, so jokingly beforehand, we, my mom is a state grad. Both my parents are, but we were asking if she wanted to come on. My parents are, I'm at my parents' place. And she was like, I don't think I can name a single player. I don't even know who their coach is. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. That's pretty much like every other fan. That's cool. Uh, State by 10. No, I think State's going to win a close one. Um, I, I legit, close. and I look at some of these, I don't know. I, I have to look to see if I actually thought any were going to be a blow. Actually, I have one that I think is going to be a blowout. But um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that it's state had like lost their entire defensive line got drafted Mm -hmm. um actually the fact that they haven't been much better is kind of surprising and again they do play in the atlantic they have to face louisville and florida state and a surprisingly recently tough boston college like every time so that obviously I meant ones that weren't already predetermined predetermined to win the entire Right, right. Um, No, that's fair. Clemson. Um, Ryan Finley is maybe one of my favorite quarterbacks in the ACC this year. I think he's going to be really good. And I just think that they're going to be too much offensively for our defense to handle. Yeah. I think that's why I say close game. I think we're going to be able to hang for a little bit. What do you mean um, by close? Single digits? So, yeah, single digits. I think it's 
I think it's going to be kind of high scoring, maybe like in the 30s, um, maybe like right. a 31 21 type thing. All right. Like 31 24. Yeah, I just, I, mm, I, mm. Yeah, I just I losing four defensive linemen all in the first four rounds of the NFL draft, that is a ton of talent to have to lose. Uh but Dave Doran's been recruiting really, really well down in Raleigh. They've they've got four stars they can slot into those those positions. Um and then Ryan Finley is good. I, I he's good. one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh and a lot of those other talented recruits are around him on the offense. So um I, I don't see this one being um a win for Virginia. I'm not sure I've got Caroline's optimism that it'll be close. Um, I'll in, in honor of, of mama darns, I'll go state by 10. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys hit on all the reasons, but Finley is the obvious and, and biggest one um, for good reason. He, he's could be the best quarterback in the league. One of the best ones in the country. Um, we rarely play well against teams that have one of those. So, yeah. uh, I, you know, the Hoos can play well like they did, say, on the road against Miami last year and still lose by a lot. You know, like the, those things happen. And that's sort of what I expect to be best case scenario is if they play well, they could still lose by a lot. It, could, it still could be close. Um, I, I don't think there's much of a chance for them to win. Um, so that puts us at three and two, Caroline and I, and, uh, Paul is sitting at two and three in his predictions. But I think most of our fans know that that stretch, uh, that ends with this next game, Miami, is probably the toughest three game stretch for the Who's Louisville, NC state, Miami, and again, Indiana and Ohio are no slouches. So these, these are all, you know, tough tests. And, And we've got Miami at home, October 13th. Uh, I mean, those coastal favorites, maybe, no, couldn't, couldn't be considered ACC title contenders really with Clemson, <laughs> yeah. but who knows? Theoretically. You know, Clemson, Clemson. They will have the honor of losing to Clemson. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, they, they played them pretty tough last year in the, the championship, right? Or am I, did I dream that? Clemson I don't remember. doing that thing where like a cat, like that's their food around and like, <laughs> just kidding. Well, the Clemson's we'll going to win again. Let's win. All right. All right. Well, uh, where do you see the who's matching up with Miami when they return home in October, Caroline? You guys, I wanted to pick this one so badly and I'm sitting here about to like change my mind, but I think it's going to be shocker. Another close loss. Like I said, those three <laughs> games, Louisville, NC state, Miami, I think they're going to win one of them. I would not be surprised if they win two of them. Um, and I don't know why. I just look at those games and I'm kind of like, there's just matchup stuff. Or And I think maybe I'm just being extraordinarily misled by the way that Virginia played down there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a no fear thing. And just kind of like they went out and they just did whatever yep. they wanted. And they didn't even particularly, if I remember correctly, do anything really bad to like lose the lead. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like. There was a weird. pick six. That, that was pretty bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I get your point. I know, you yeah. know, it wasn't like a, a, a comedy of errors that everything right. was being. Yeah. It, it was a few plays. There weren't a bunch of like bad calls or whatever. So I just think that. I think Miami's going to be very good. Um, I just there's some, they, I think they're going to lose, and I think it's going to be another like thirty-one twenty-eight type thing. Like 
close in the game, but just unable to kind of hang late with Miami's talent. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've, I, yeah, this isn't going to be close. I, the flip <laughs> side of, of it didn't seem like they did anything particularly crazy to get the lead or lose the lead. The other side of that is that they played almost impossibly perfect in that first. He's still lost by double digits. Right. It, I mean, Banker completed, what was it like 19 of his first 20? I mean, there was, it, it was a performance that, I saw there was somebody on, on NFL draft Twitter that was asked who his favorite quarterback prospect was leading up to the NFL draft. And he said, uh, first half versus Miami Kurt Banker, that, that it was <laughs> an almost impossibly perfect uh, performance, which means it's going to be almost impossible to replicate that team. You know, that Miami team for about three weeks last of last season was playing at a level that I think they could have beaten anybody in the country. Uh, you know, the way they played against Notre Dame um, and I, with, with what they've got back another year under Rick, uh, the, the, all the talent gap that's already there. I, I don't, I don't see Virginia particularly hanging close even with Miami. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with why Virginia was in the game. Uh, ben Kurt was playing his best half of football. And that is probably not the type of success we're going to see with a player like Perkins. And, and we haven't seen Perkins throw. He could be very good uh, at, at getting the ball to his receivers like he's going to need to be for us to be successful. He certainly isn't going to have the deep accuracy that Benkert flashed at times, including that half. And they came out and punched Miami in the mouth. Lots of that had to do with the deep ball. Uh, It was one of those games like the Boise games where they were just connecting. And I don't think we're going to see Perkins do that because I don't think that's what they're going to even try to do as an offense. They're going to try and run their mobile QB offense. and They don't have the athletes to to deal with Miami's ability to defend that. Uh, You know, Perkins might be able to, to hold his own. But he needs the line. He needs the skilled players that are going to take attention away from his mobility. It's it's it just doesn't set up well, I think, for the Who's in this type of offense that they want to run. I recognize fully that I'm saying all this without having watched the guy play a single game or us run this offense once ever. So right now, but that's the point of these preseason <laughs> predictions, right? So yeah, exactly. yeah that's, that's my feelings as to why it, it probably uh, isn't even going to be close. Um, but maybe the Who's play well. Maybe we're still feeling good. And I think my, my, my end point here was uh, Carolina and I have our predictions at three and three. Paul at two and four. Uh, two and four might be uh, the, the, the more realistic, less than optimistic view uh, when you look at like, you know, stats, predictions, and things like that. I think it's imperative that when we get there to that two and four, if that happens, the fan base still recognizes that all is not lost because of the stretch of these games and where this team is and and who they should be competing against and who they shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe they come out in those four, they just look outclassed by four of these teams and it's, it's incredibly disappointing and people are hurt and you know, everything is a disaster. (laughs) And in that case, yeah, I think it's it's like that gift from community where you comes in with the right exactly yeah it's the darkest time yeah yeah darkest time still could very well happen and there's a two and four situation that could be very different than an optimistic two and four that was just sort of the expected situation that could still lead to a bowl game because we're headed into 
the more friendlier half, uh, not only of the, the whole schedule, but certainly some ACC opponents that aren't quite the level of Louisville, NC State, and Miami. And that all starts with a road trip to Duke, a team EVA beat last year uh, and has had uh, some decent, more decent than some of the other Coastal <laughs> teams' uh, <laughs> success. So uh, where, where's Duke at this year, Caroline? Yo, here's the thing. I'm going to keep this real short. Um, Virginia's going to win. And until Daniel Jones stops throwing balls to our players, I'm going to keep picking Virginia over <laughs> Duke. All right. Um, maybe that's mean or whatever, but homeboy has thrown a lot of interceptions. Duke. He only had two last year. You mean. It's okay. <laughs> he only had two against his last year, but I think the year before was five. Um, so he's getting better. So maybe just won this game. But yeah, I don't know. I think that this is one of the teams that I know I said to keep it short and also keep it short, but uh, I think it's one of the teams that people are for some reason like, oh, they're going to beat Virginia, no problem. Like, and obviously each year is a different thing, but I just don't think that Virginia has been that outclassed by Duke in the last two seasons. And I think that Virginia is getting better and trending upwards. I don't think that this is some foregone conclusion that like, here's Duke and they're going to just destroy. And some people had them like competing for the coastal. I just, no, maybe I'll eat my words later. If four people listen to this. <laughs> no, I mean, they've, they've, Duke, it, but... Duke does. I mean, they've got a ton of returning talent, yeah, they a ton do. Of re- returning experience. And uh, I think Daniel Jones is for all of the, the, negativity we've ran down on him for the last 45 seconds um, <laughs> yeah is a again in that sort of ryan finley tier of prove to me top. you can throw it to your own team no, <laughs> no i that you know uh, jordan mack must have shaken something loose the last time they were down in durham and he just gets his colors mixed up um so i the the fact that virginia's had their number the last couple of years makes me wonder whether this will be sort of a circle in red game for mm-hmm. duke uh, coming into the season and they'll want revenge that and that returning talent but i i still got a break on the side of of virginia pulling it out uh, of of um, continuing to to stay just a a sniff ahead of duke um, one at least of head, us. Head matchups one of us <laughs> so i'll go ahead and give this one to the who's yeah, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I, I sort of want to pick a loss here because it would be uh, the the tragic, which I come to anticipate <laughs> the tragic. But if Bronco can take that team two years ago into Durham and just beat up the Blue Devils, I think he can do it again. So I'll pick a win, four and three for me and Caroline. And uh, Paulson at three and four, four and three, four and three. Can you, this team can't get the four and Pierce, three. Do you schedule. feel, do you feel uncomfortable? I've, I've had a little wine. I think, yeah, I just, I can't imagine that they're going to be at four and three, but that's where tonight has taken me so far. So let's talk about UNC at home. Another team that UVA beat last year, which mm-hmm. thank fucking God. Like, I'm so <laughs> tired of losing to Carolina in football. I just... I just hate it. I do, and you guys, <laughs> if you've listened to anything I've had to say on this blog, know I, I hate UNC as much as any other team. Mm-hmm. And that includes everyone who comes to mind that you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> the, and the Argyle garbage that they've come like. Don't insult I, Brian. He loves it. I just, I know, I know 
our dearest leader, Brian Leung, is a closeted Carolina fan, but I, that, he knows that my feelings are closeted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> openly yeah. cheers for the Tar Heels, which is uh, unforgivably gross. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to talk about UNC anymore. I hate them. Let's beat them. I pick a win. I, I, <laughs> how are they going to be five and three? This is ridiculous. But I'm going first. I hate Carolina, and so we're going to beat them. Caroline. Um, yeah, so sucks for you. I also picked them for a win, so you get to still be the same picks as Darns, which everyone hates. Um, yeah, I think that they're just kind of – they've had injury issues. They've had suspension issues, whether or not those suspensions are legit. Like, I mean, come on, they're selling some sneakers, whatever. We'll get into that here. Um, Fedora said some real – weird stuff during ACC media day um not that that necessarily indicates like what they're going to do in the football field but some of that stuff he was talking about was just strange um and I just think Virginia's better football team this year I think that legitimately is what it comes down to and I think homecoming it should be hopefully a big crowd and especially if the team is winning their four and three um if they put out a big win in one of those home games against Louisville um, or Miami, this could, could also help get a bigger crowd for homecoming. Sure. Um, I think they pick up a win, um, and I think it's going to be at least double digit. All right, Paul. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my prediction that UNC will be sneaky awful this year, that they just completely fall apart by a couple of weeks into the season. Um, the, the suspensions are going to be a talent hit, uh, but I just – I over the last couple of years of, of sort of being on the, watching that team from the periphery, it just, I, I have this vague sense that I can't quantify. I don't have a, like a real ream of evidence to put behind it, but they, they just seem mentally weak. Uh, the way that they looked mm-hmm. last year in our, the game against us, as soon as things started to go bad, it they was, don't have a quarterback. Yeah. It just, it's, I, I, really yeah. that I don't. I don't need to talk about Carolina anymore. Um, they're Carolina's going to lose. Virginia's going right. to win forever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to now. We're, we're sitting at five and three. That's absurd. Spoiler alert. I picked us to go five and three because I know it's going to end five and seven. But uh, <laughs> maybe not. Let's get to the next one. Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh is not a slouch of a team in the Coastal. Um, I think they've done everything they need to do as a coaching staff to show that they're legit. Uh, so the question really comes down to, you know, is there is there roster enough to hang on the road like they did last time in, in Scott Stadium and, and pull out a, a bit of a slugfest that turned on uh, Kurt Benkert pick six? Um you know, I, I, what, this is sort of a toss-up. I think Pitt is going to be pretty improved this year from last year, though. What do you think, Caroline? Um, I actually have them down for a loss here. Um, home game against Pitt, it should be one that it, – it's definitely one that I think is winnable. I just – there's something – to me, games against Pitt are just miserable. So, in my mind, when I think <laughs> back on, like, Pitt games – yeah. They're low scoring. Virginia does dumb shit to keep themselves from scoring. They like miss easy field goals and they pick six and just dumb stuff. And it reminds me of that whenever like Wisconsin and Virginia play in basketball. Like (laughs) I'm not even saying that stylistically they're the same and that's why things end up that way. But I just feel like no one really wants, like I don't really want like 
I'll watch everything and I will watch it. But like that game to me, I'm just like, do I have to watch the yeah. They just always seem to be terrible and I don't enjoy them. And I just don't think that we have, it's going to be a dumb game. I just have a feeling. <laughs> it's a dumb game. Oh, that's my like, favorite prediction we've had. <laughs> yeah, this one's gonna, a dumb game. All right. Look, I like that. It's going oh. to have a stupid score with like a safety involved. Like I just, I don't <laughs> want any part of this. They're going to lose it. I don't want any part of it. All right, Paul, how, how smart do you think this game will be? Uh, pretty dumb. All right. Pretty dumb. Going back and looking at last year's score, I'm surprised it was only 31-14. Like, I felt like Virginia got boat raced last year. Yeah, um, oh, they definitely did. And I, I think Pitt will probably end up second in the Coastal behind Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I don't see this being one that Virginia will be able to win. I, I, yeah, I think Pitt's, Pitt's too physical. Narduzzi's too good of a defensive coach. I just I don't see it happening. All right. So we got five and four and four and five. A pretty optimistic pessimist at four and five still, I would say. I try. You know, <laughs> Liberty, real quick. Any chance Liberty, uh, you know, keeps it close even? There's always a chance. I, I know there's always a chance, but I mean. Uh, you know, no, I think this is a win. Pretty, pretty soundly. Yeah, this is, this is where I have them getting their bowl eligibility is against Liberty. All right, Paul. If Virginia's offense struggles, this could become a very uncomfortable game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Liberty's passing game is its strength that obviously puts it against the defensive backfield strength of Virginia. But generally, passing games are generally going to sc- – good passing games are generally going to score points unless you've got a truly elite defensive backfield to shut them down. Virginia might have that. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they are at this point look like a truly – elite defensive backfield uh, I still think Virginia wins I think the the odds of the Virginia offense not being able to do anything and all of a sudden the defensive backfield imploding right. and the same game are unlikely especially when everybody around the program knows that winning that game is crucial to getting bowl eligibility it's right. going to be a razor thin margin it's a really necessary game um, so I think Virginia wins I think Virginia wins comfortably I am nervous about that game though I think we should all be always nervous. Uh, and I, I don't mean to discredit your point. I mean, for, for the exact reason uh, that uh, as sports fans and particularly UVA sports fans, you know, nothing, nothing is ever a given there, but I'll have a win for us as well. That puts us eligible in, in my mind and in Caroline's mind and five and five. Not so fast. With two to go. <laughs> we got at Georgia tech and at Vippy Sue uh, to close things out at Georgia Tech. Can the Who's do it, Paul? We'll, we'll start with you in your your five and five Virginia team. Are they going to once again beat Georgia Tech to get to a bowl in this yes. season? Yes. Oh. Um, this is one of those things. Like actually having as weird as it sounds, having a uh, defensive line that is the weakness of the team isn't necessarily fatal against Georgia tech um, that three, four uh, defenses are actually more successful against mm-hmm. them than four, three because of what their offensive line right. blocking is. If there are fewer bodies to chop block up front, you have more right. bodies that can get to the ball. Right. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Bronco even go with something like a two, four, five uh, if, and try and keep the limited defensive linemen fresh, let the linebackers and the defensive backs really drive the strength of the defense against the triple option. Um, I'll, 
I'll go ahead and say when we Virginia's usually played well down in Atlanta. I'll go ahead and say All right. Caroline. This is the one I think is going to be a blowout. Maybe it's just because of the maybe it's because of the Navy game, but um and everything Paul said is absolutely correct. Like there could be a chance where it plays out very similarly as it did last season with the back and forth, but that was a lot again of precise throwing by Kurt Benkert. Do we know what Bryce Perkins is bringing to it? But having him as a scrambling quarterback like might actually be great for that as well because we're for I don't know you know what I mean like I just yeah. I, this is one where like I think Georgia Tech is actually going to be pretty good this season and not that they weren't last and I know Bronco prides himself on the um they, hearing what Paul said about the changing of the defense I I am going to talk myself out of the blowout this is one that really makes me <laughs> you've already <laughs> my it's job still, here is done <laughs> it's still I still think it's going to be a loss but I don't think it's going to be a blowout anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, I I think they're going to lose. Um, I think Georgia Tech sucks this year. <laughs> uh, and I think it's going to be a disappointing loss. I think the Who's aren't going to show up as well as they need to to beat a bad team on the road when they could really, you know, set the stage for, for something good. Uh, and, and even like – you know, not not winning the coastal, but like showing. You know, imagine they get past Duke and they get past UNC, right? Uh, even if they lose to Pitt and lose to Miami, you're still saying like we're not in the bottom half of of our division. I mean, we're we're making strides here, and I think losing to Georgia Tech would bring them back down to earth, uh, which I you know fully anticipate happening at some point if something good happens. So <laughs> this is the other shoe falling uh, for my optimism earlier which means we are all predicting six and five at this point it's crazy it's crazy that who are we uva sports bloggers to be so optimistic about it that is kind of weird supposed to win four games so say the stats but i do uh, think this this schedule is more favorable than they than ones they've had in years past especially when you look all the way back into the london years i think that there's this is because they're not scheduling like morons. Is that way? Is that yeah. one way you would phrase? Like we're not uh, heading to USC or Oregon uh, or <laughs> welcoming those. What a concept! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Virginia Tech, the regular season finale, mm-hmm. as it so often is against the Hokies this year out in cow pasture land. Uh, are the who's going to win for the first time since we were first years, Caroline? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> there's two ways. Wow. <laughs> Please, yeah. Convince two, me of this. <laughs> there are two thoughts, you know, whatever um, families have thought when it comes to the Virginia Tech game. Show me that you can do it, and then I'll pick you to win it. And I think Pierce, that's where you have lived, and that's fair. I don't knock that school. I am a card-carrying member of the school of thought (laughs) (laughs) that says, God damn it. It has to happen at some point. And I refuse to Mm. not pick them the time that it does. Like that's just, I just can't. So here's my actual like football based reasons though. Okay. Um, Their defense is a dumpster fire. Like they have lost a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So um, starting cornerback Adonis Alexander um, was declared academically ineligible and Potential starter and transfer, Jeremy Webb, towards Achilles, which is sad. I don't want anyone to get hurt. That's not what I'm saying, but he's not playing. It's just um, the state of where they are. Yeah. Mook Reynolds, starting nickelback, was dismissed 
um, their defensive co-coordinator, uh, as Bill Connolly puts it, resigned for what we'll call awkward reasons. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't read that story, just Google Galen Scott, G-A-L-E-N Scott. Um, Josh Jackson, their quarterback, which I hate that his name is Josh Jackson because Joshua Jackson, a.k.a. Pacey, a.k.a. Charlie Conway was my first crush, but Josh Jackson is not my crush. Um, almost was ineligible for academics. For all um, you current undergrads, uh, <laughs> that, that is a Dawson's Creek and Mighty Ducks reference. That's true. Uh, Dawson's Creek is a television show that was on when we were kids. And on a channel Mighty called Ducks the WB. A, a Disney Channel uh, series of films. Oh, so good. Flying V, quack, quack. Uh, I, I digress. Um, and then incoming freshman defensive tackle cam good left the program at the end of july which is a weird time to leave a school anyway there's that so those are guys that were expected to be there that are no longer there on the defense and then you have the guys that graduated and were drafted um bud foster obviously everyone gives him his credit hall of fame coordinator cool but personnel wise (laughs) They're they're thin back there, and then you look yeah. at the fact that last season that game was ten nothing, and that game was garbage. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that game because I just literally cannot. Uh, all of us family, lost something, but on a family <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, the other part of it for me, so I think that that is Josh Jackson's fine, like as a quarterback, cool. He's fine. He does stuff, I guess. You know. <laughs> Again, I think that our like we're by their running game concerns me the most. I think at this point in the season, if our offense can't do something against that defense, like there's a bigger problem there that we're already probably going to be mad at anyway. The deciding factor, or not deciding factor, again, like I was going to pick them if mm-hmm. were the last team ranked and they were number one. I don't care. I just cannot pick Tech. But I am backing this up with my football reasons. The part of it that's like focusing on like the hashtag with Beat Tech this year, I, I know we saw some snark that's like, oh, were the, did they not care? before like no of course they cared like but people complain that they treated it like every other game and they this year they're saying like you know what it's not every other game we're tired of this bullshit Mm. we want to beat them and fine great let's do it let's and I think kind of going there it's is it's the screw it why not let's just do it let's why not us yeah why not this year it's gonna happen all right Paul (laughs) they the 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 Hokies it's been a disastrous offseason. That is absolutely true. I would think most of the complaints um, that Tech fans have about Fuente is recruiting. So maybe, you know, the roster isn't quite uh, where they hope it would be. What, what, what are you feeling? Don't make me say it. Yeah, don't, say it. Don't, don't make me say that this team is going to be Tech. Don't. What do you, don't, what, is that uh, how you feel? I do. There's no football. Ah, there is no football reason that they should lose. They're yeah. like the talent gap has closed. Um, there are four star players around the tech roster, but most of them are on offense now or are very young defensive players. The front sevens more of a question mark than any time I can remember in recent years down there. Um, you know, getting Vinny Mahota back is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yes, they are, they are 
still more talented than Virginia, but not by as much. And it was only a 10 point game last year with one of the worst offensive performances of the year. Um, uh, I know like there is no football reason. There is no football reason that Virginia should lose. What is it? 16th straight. But there is, there is something about it's only 15. Uh, well, there you go. That that's spoiler Wait, alert of my prediction for next year too. 18, 15. Okay. Yeah. Um you're picking a W. Just say it. No, I'm not. What? I'm not. You're I said not. don't make me say. It. I think okay. I said there's no football reason. I believe in the dark cosmic energy of the universe. Yeah. Um and it hates Virginia in this game for some okay. horrible reason. I don't know what animal we need to sacrifice i will certainly sacrifice many many turkeys before this game um i i think virginia will end this the regular season six and six with a another disappointingly close loss in blacksburg because life is terrible and everything is awful yeah yeah i'm picking a loss as well mainly because of what caroline said but also i think on paper uh the Hokies should win this um even with their personnel losses. So real quick, uh, I think it comes down to quarterback play. I think if Josh Jackson is a failure uh, in Blacksburg this season, then UVA has a stronger than, than chance than I'm giving them right now, particularly if Bryce Perkins plays the level that we hope he does play to because a mobile quarterback does tend to give the Virginia Tech offense more or defense more problems uh, than a pocket passer like Ben Kurt. Um, I think the talent gap is still significant uh, for sure. And we've seen UVA uh, play above their talent for sure against more talented rosters a la uh, Louisville recently or Notre Dame a couple of years ago or, uh, you know, a couple of those games against Miami. But I think on paper, the, the, the talent level is still very much I know those all ended in losses very much still uh, for, for the folks in Blacksburg. I, there's no way I can pick a win here, um, but, you know, certainly I'm hoping for it. So I'll have us at six and six as well. So we, we all have us bowl eligible, as we already said, and, and seven and five would, would obviously be a, a win improvement uh, over the previous season. I think even if they get to six and six and, and tie the same regular season record, and even if were they to lose whatever bowl game, I think six and six uh, with this team and this, um, the, the way the schedule lines out for us i think most people would say it's still a a a right direction step maybe even a step in improvement with the way that that things are shaking out uh you know in in that you're replacing all americans at a couple positions uh and still making a bowl game with a roster that really isn't uh you know right where i think bronco still wants it particularly in the trenches so Optimism abounds. Uh, if you want to talk to us in person about our optimism heading into the Richmond game, come to our tailgate. Uh, we've got a pretty excellent tailgate set up, sponsored by Snowing in Space. Uh, come get some uh, coffee and come get some other beverages in addition to coffee and some delicious wayside chicken i believe we have on the menu so uh you know hit up the blog rsvp so we get a head count but uh regardless stop by the astronomy building uh to hang out with uh some folks from shrieking lawn for sure saturday evening the who's take to scott stadium any parting thoughts you guys real quick caroline oh my god it's football season it sure is paul there's football on 
like tomorrow night too, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, college football tomorrow night, y'all. Yeah, well, like, college, yeah, college yeah. Football. I watched that Hawaii game. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, we've already got some going. So, uh, stay tuned to the blog for some more predictive stuff before the opener. Uh, RSVP to the tailgate, pretty please, and uh, come hang out with us. And we will be back next week, hopefully, to discuss the big opening season W. Until then, for everybody here at Street Line, uh, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today.